0: It's an honor to stand before you again today. I appreciate you entrusting me to proclaim the word of God before you this morning. I <clears throat> I have changed this sermon twice this week. But then I realized I had told Jack and Tracy what I would be speaking from. So I feel as though they I'm committed to do that. uh, But I do it with trepidation for the simple reason I have two other sermons on my heart. I have a lot of Scriptures
1: this morning, but i don't intend to expound upon those scriptures, but I want to you to have those for additional reading but I'm going to look at some of those scriptures, you know for the simple reason that I want to minister to us as a church, and that's what I have tried to do the first time that I stood here. I appreciate uh, how the deacons are standing up and continuing to serve just as they did last Sunday, serving us communion. So if you really kind of notice, there's nothing missing in this church. This church is still functioning as a church, and I praise God for that. We're in the book of Mark, and and I kind of notice uh, Mark where Jesus is going through preaching and teaching the Word of God, and sometimes people get kind of confused just what is preaching and what is teaching. You know, preaching is something that can be done anywhere. And preaching should be done to an audience of unbelievers. And that's why you will see street preachers and what have you. So preaching can be done anywhere. And what preaching is really doing is, is proclaiming what God is doing in the world. That's what preaching is. And preaching is directed to the heart. Because God wants the heart of people. But I don't intend to preach to you this morning. I intend to teach to you this morning. And teaching is done in a religious setting, just as we are here have gathered this morning. And teaching is done to believers. And teaching is where we import knowledge
0: for further understanding. And teaching is to the mind. Because the Bible speaks of renewing our mind. So listen to these words.
1: Uh, Matthew chapter nine 35. Don't worry about that, Jared, because I'm kind of going in a different direction as of right now. So just bear with me. I want to read something to you. Listen to this here based on what I just said. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I apologize. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, teaching in their synagogue because that's where teaching took place, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And that's why I try to make a distinction between what is preaching and what is teaching. And most people don't realize that, to be honest. Preaching is to the heart. Because that's what God wants. He wants your heart. But we have come here under a religious gathering for further instruction. And that's what I intend to do this morning. Is to instruct us into something to move us To a point that we become
0: all that God wants us to become. So just bear with me. Now,
1: there are three gifts God gives us the moment we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I probably can say someone is Googling now to probably find out there is more. But bear with me, God gives us eternal life the minute we put our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. The Bible says the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God gives us the Holy Spirit. The moment we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ Christ's Spirit comes to live inside of us. That spirit fills our heart with his love and, his, and Jesus promised never to leave us nor forsake us.
0: And the third gift that is given to us is a spiritual gift. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. God gives us a
1: gift to use for his purpose. And that gift that God gives us serves many purposes. But I bring to your attention that gift, that spiritual gift that God gives to us
0: is to glorify God. To serve one another and to build up the body of Jesus Christ.
1: That's what we want to do. We want to glorify God, we want to serve one another, and we want to build up the body of Christ. And that's what this is all about during this interim period that that void exists
0: that we want to take charge and that's what we want to do. So bear with me.
1: Paul used the analogy of body to shed light on the understanding of the role of spiritual gifts. There are three basic truths about spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is like a part of the body because every part belongs and has a reason for being in the body. A spiritual gift is also like a part of the body because every part needs the other part. A spiritual gift is like a part
0: of the body because it does something for the body. And that's what our
1: spiritual gift that God will give to us and has given to us already will do for this body here at Haven. You may have it heard. You may have heard it said, He has no hands but ours. He has no eyes but ours. He has no feet but ours. He has no lips but ours. We are the body of Christ in this world. And in His body, We have unity, we have diversity, and there is a maturation that is taking place within the body of Christ. So this morning, I have one major goal, and that is to strengthen and encourage us to get involved in the body of Jesus Christ here at Haven. I believe this is a very timely message because Brother Jack stood here a few Sundays ago challenging us to get involved. And out of that challenge, this is where this message is coming from. I believe this very moment, God is doing two things at Haven. I believe that God is preparing Haven for the new pastor, God is preparing a new pastor for Haven. That's what I believe this very moment. In fact, about it, listen to these words, Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven and twelve. Listen to these words, and He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for equipping of the saints for the work of service. For building up the body of Christ. Now what that verse is saying is. God has given unto the church. Gifted men. And those gifted men.
0: Are to prepare. The body of Christ. For the work of the ministry. Bear with me this morning. So my prayer is
1: that God will use this time to ignite many of us as we begin to discover and to use the spiritual gift God has given us. So let us pray. Father, there are many things in the Bible we do not understand, and yet, Lord, we accept your holy word by faith to go beyond our limited intellectual questions and doubts. And Lord, we believe with all our mind, our heart, our soul, that your word that we have come to know and to love is your inspired word. Lord, we thank you for your holy word, and may the hearers receive it not as human message, but as it truly is the word of God, which will work effectively in us who believe. Lord, right this very moment, Remove from us now anything that would distract us from encountering you and your word. Speak Lord to each of us individually, so that we will all know more clearly your calling in our lives through the name of Jesus Christ. And all say, amen. amen. Now, let's get a warm in here. Someone said it was cold earlier. Now, the first place in the Bible where we come into the term spiritual gift is Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. And this is what Paul say. Paul say, "I for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Now listen, to strengthen you, that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now Paul using the the phrase spiritual gift. And the implication is this is a gift that is energized by the Holy Spirit. Because you will see in some other books of the Bible he just used the term gift. But the implication is this gift is energized by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you recall sometime back I stood before you, and I preached out of First Thessalonians chapter three. Now listen to these words here out of First Thessalonians chapter three, verse two, where Paul sent Timothy, our brother and servant in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen you in your faith and to exhort you that no one will be moved by these afflictions. Now Paul is sending Timothy to the Thessalonian church as a mature Christian, to strengthen them. And what is he going to strengthen them? He is going to strengthen their faith. So Timothy is going to use his spiritual gift to go and strengthen the saint's faith. So you can really see that God is giving us this spiritual gift to strengthen one another's faith.
0: So to strengthen someone by a spiritual gift means to help, their faith. The
1: reason we have spiritual gift is so that we can strengthen other people's faith. So you got to think about that. You have a
0: gift and your gift is given to you to strengthen your brother and sister's faith. I'm, I'm sure anyone wants to strengthen their brother and sister
1: faith. So as, for, as far as I am concerned, the problem of not knowing your spiritual gift is not an issue. That's not an issue, not knowing your spiritual gift. Think about this here. The problem I feel is not having a
0: desire to strengthen one another's faith. you got to listen to what I'm saying, people. That's the whole key. You have it. We got it. All we got to do is to say, Lord,
1: take me and use me. I was talking with someone this morning. If you call him Lord, you can't say what? If you call him Lord, you can't say no.
0: And if you say no, you can't call him what? Thank you. Guys. Feel like I'm preaching, and I didn't intend to do that. And I
1: apologize, but but I'm, I'm 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 serious about this whole scenario here at Haven Baptist Church, because we got some good opportunities here at Haven, and we got some people here to do it until that search committee do their job. That's all we're trying to do is to keep this ship afloat until these people that y'all we
0: have chosen can do their job, that Tim, them have chosen, The Deacons have chosen to do their job. So, so forgive me if I get emotional, but I, I think the Sunday school class, whew, Lord Jesus, just bear with me this morning, please. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 here.
1: Now notice what this verse say here. 1 Peter chapter 10 and 11. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve one another. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms.
0: Hey, look here. God gives us a spiritual gift that we may administer his grace. And I
1: tried to really give a good illustration of that in a little write-out I gave
0: in the bulletin. We are administers of the grace of God to one another. So it's clear based on that verse that we all possess a spiritual gift because it said each one should use whatever gift he has received. And then, he also says that we are stewards of the grace of God. And it's our duty to disperse this grace to one another. And
1: then you notice in the end of verse 11, the whole aim is, what I said
0: earlier, is to glorify God. That's the bottom line. To glorify God. Now, question. What is a spiritual gift? And I,
1: was, I think the best way to answer that question is what is it not?
0: And I like to contrast it with a spiritual gift. Because there's a lot of confusion in regards to what is a spiritual gift.
1: So there's no confusion between a natural talent and a spiritual gift.
0: They are not the same. Let me make that perfectly clear. They are not the same. And we're going to see that. Talents are inherent. Gifts are received. But understand this here. A talent is given by who? A spiritual gift is given by who? Okay. Very, very good. Okay? Both are given by God. Talents are possessed by the saved and the unsaved. A spiritual gift is possessed by only who? Okay? Don't walk into a trap now. You, you with me. Because we're gonna get Haven going here, guys. We're going to get Haven moving. And it's going to get moving before the new pastor comes. Because guess what? Pastor coming what? But the body of Christ remained where? Okay? Uh, okay. Notice this here. Talents are developed and expected. Now this may be a little surprising here. Gifts are material. And surprising. Look at me up here. Isn't that surprising to some of y'all? But we'll see in one of the chapters where God apportioned a gift by faith. And that's an implication that a gift is mature. For instance,
1: I might get saved today and the God and the Lord puts me down teaching one year old. Mike been saved for 20 years and he'll have Mike teaching men. Mike has a spiritual gift of teaching and who also have
0: it? I do. But based upon my faith, you see where God placed me at. So a, a spiritual gift it is a, you, you mature that. God is not going
1: to trust you with something that you can't do. So that's why I was a little reluctant to say that, and I say that in a way that you can follow what I'm saying. So talents are developed
0: and expected. Gifts are matured and Surprising. And we see that all the time. Look at athletes. They develop that. It's a talent. They develop that. It's given by God. There's people here expect their kids to go where? To college and graduate. You expect that. That's what I'm trying to
1: get you to see because I don't want you to be confused in regards to this talent, this gift, because we want to move out in this church and
0: assert ourselves and yield ourselves to the Lord and let him use us in a surprising way. Talents can be used selfishly. Gifts are used to serve God's purpose only. You see it all the time. Athletes, movie stars use their talents selfishly. But a gift is given to serve God's purpose only. And we all know this. Natural
1: talents are the results of our genetics, inheritance, our environments, training, etc., etc.
0: Spiritual gifts are given to us by the Spirit of God once we are saved. Once we are saved, we get that. The minute I say I want to be a Christian, yes, Lord. He gives me a spiritual gift. Okay? Here's another question. Now, I contrast talents and spiritual gifts.
1: Now, you also perhaps heard a definition as well, but let me give you a biblical definition of what a spiritual gift is. Here you go. A spiritual gift is a God-given ability which enables a believer to effectively serve the body of Christ. Let me say it another way. A spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively in word or
0: deed for the strengthening of someone else's faith. A spiritual gift is an ability which means it qualifies you to do something you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Let me read that again. A spiritual gift is an ability
1: which means it qualifies you to do something you would not
0: otherwise be able to do. Because who's going to do it? Holy Spirit, all you're doing is yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. That's all you're going to do. That's all. No more, no less. You say, Lord, take me and use me. So remember this. When God calls us to do something, God will enable us to do it by His Spirit. God command is God enablement. When neighbors come up with a preaching schedule, my wife said, "Oh, you? They got you to preach? Oh, really?" You know, I just gone somewhere and say, "Well, Lord." Huh? So what? Because you know what? I'm standing up here telling the Lord what I know about spiritual guilt. It just so happened you, as an audience, to hear to hear it. See, that's what this is about. I'm talking to the Lord. You just so happen to be
1: present to hear it. And if you think about life in that capacity, you would do
0: anything for the Lord because you don't care who hear it or who know it or how bad you speak. I'm a science major anyway. But I'm just, I'm being facetious
1: because I really want us to Just step out and say, Lord,
0: I I don't care. Whatever you want to do with me, just do it. I I don't care. Just do it. So God commands us God enablement. Here you goes. We perhaps have answered this question, but I'm looking at
1: something from a biblical point of view going into text. Does every believer have a spiritual gift? I have answered that question already, but let's look at three fundamental verses. And I'm kind of hoping that we can look at them together because I want you to see something. Romans chapter 6, Romans 12,
0: verse 6, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, Ephesians 4, verse 7. And
1: like I say, I'm not going into no dissertation on these verses. I'm not going to expound upon these verses, but I'm just trying to point out some things on these verses. Now notice in Romans 12, verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 7, chapter 12, verse 7, now to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Ephesians 4:7. to each one of
0: us, Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. See? Notice a repeated expression. We have different gifts to each one,
1: to each one of us. Spiritual gifts are God-given. You don't
0: earn it or you do not apply for it. You don't choose this gift.
1: And there are people that perhaps have been taught that you do that. You don't do that. And that's why I say it surprisingly. It's matured and it's surprisingly this gift that you get.
0: I have heard people say, oh, my gift is so-and-so, so-and-so. My gift is this. Oh, no. uh Uh-uh. It's not biblical. And you see it right here. Watch this right here. Now, in Romans,
1: he used the word gifts. In First Corinthians, he said manifestation. Just make known of the Spirit. In Ephesians, he simply said grace. But Paul is talking about the same thing each time. Spiritual gifts are grace gifts which manifest the Spirit working in a believer life. And they are given to each of us. Therefore, we can say without the slightest doubt that spiritual gifts are given to
0: every believer. If you are a Christian, you have a spiritual gift. And I'm saying you have perhaps more than one. Because let's just take
1: the Apostle Paul. Paul was an apostle, prophecy, teaching, tongues, evangelism, a leader, administration, Paul had all kinds of gifts. But I'm just talking in
0: terms of just one, and perhaps you have more than one. But if we can just get the one going, and then you're going to feel so good about
1: rendering service to someone else that you're going to begin
0: to to branch out into other gift areas where the Lord will just begin to speak to you. We perhaps talked about this already, but I want you to see this. It's a, when are the gifts given?
1: Now, the Bible does not directly address this question, but
0: an analogy is helpful. Think about this. The natural always come before the spiritual. The natural always come before the spiritual. God promised Abraham a what? What happened? He couldn't wait. So what happened? The natural. Then what happened later on? The spiritual. The natural always come first. Jacob and Esau. The natural first. The spiritual second. So
1: how you can look at that based upon the Bible doesn't say when we get our spiritual gift, but I look at it understanding throughout the Bible, over and over, the natural always comes first, and I look at myself, and I know when I get a talent. And when do I get a talent? When I'm born. So now the implication is I get a
0: spiritual gift when I'm what? Born of what? There you go. That's when you get it. I, I didn't say that. You said it. This list is empty. This list gonna be filled before we leave here today.
1: That's not a threat. I'm just being facetious. But but I'm serious about
0: this. I'm a really serious, guys. So someone may ask, is it possible to have a gift for years and never know
1: it? Yes. You remember what Paul said to Timothy? Do not neglect the spiritual gift that is within you.
0: So perhaps we've been neglecting the gift. And the only thing that we're trying to do now is to activate it. To get in the game, get involved. All right. Now here it go here. Why are the gifts given? We talked about that already, but go
1: back to Romans chapter twelve, and let's look at verse four through six. It says, just as each of us has a body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the other, we have different gifts according to the grace of God.
0: Okay? So you notice how Paul is describing our gifts in terms of
1: body parts. So the church is like a body, and we as members are the body parts. There are eyes and toes and hips and elbows and ears and lungs and all the rest. Each part of the body fulfills a particular role. Your spiritual gift is given to enable you to fulfill your God-given role in the body of Christ. The different gifts are like different body parts. When God got ready to organize the church, he set up a body with Christ at the head and each Christian as a part of the body. Spiritual gifts enable the body parts, you and me, to function correctly. What if one day your lung cried out, I'm tired of this huffing and puffing. I'm going to let some other member of the body do all the breathing. Or what if your kidney said, I'm tired of cleaning up all this mess around here. I'm going to take a vacation. Some other member will have to start cleaning up. Of course, the results in both
0: cases would be your death. So we cannot afford to let Haven die. Question. Why should you attempt to discover your spiritual gift? because of this list that I just hung before you before I began to preach.
1: Haven, deacon leadership is counting on you.
0: And Jesus Christ is counting on you as well. That's why you should discover your spiritual gift because people are counting on you. Now, you may ask me, Brother Morris, what steps should I take today to identify my spiritual gift? Get involved in the ministry. Just do it. Don't go read no book. Do not go take no test. Don't do that. Because you would answer those questions in such a way that the outcome would be what you want.
1: And we just realize that spiritual gifts are not done that way. The Holy Spirit gives to each individual that gift he wants them to have. So that's why you don't want to go read no book. You don't want to go take no spiritual gift test. Just get involved. And you'll
0: find out that's not for me. That's not for me. Oh, I like this. I like this. Okay? So just do what the Spirit leads you to do on this list. And as I said earlier, we have elected, mature leadership in this church. Just like they put my name on the list to stand before you, They watch me, they observe
1: me, and they say, you know what, I think Brother Stringfield can do this. And they came to me and said, Brother Stringfield, would you mind doing this? See, that's why we have leaders in this church. And
0: I'm going to encourage those leaders to do likewise to each individual in this church. Do that. Catch them by themselves. I remember how I came about teaching
1: the men's Sunday school class. The late uh, Jim Raby called me by myself. He said, "Brother Morris, he said, you know what? I, I think the Lord is talking to me and sharing me that you are be uh, teaching men Sunday school class." A few Sundays later, someone else called me and said, "By myself, Brother Morris, oh, I think the Lord is speaking to me that you should be teaching men Sunday school class." I'm not making this up. A few Sundays later, someone else caught me. So I said to myself, where's the class at? (laughs) And I started teaching the the, the, the men's Sunday school class. It it didn't go well initially, but uh, (laughs) I survived. So the only thing I'm seeing men,
0: leaders in this church, just like they did me, catch them by themselves. And pull them to the side and talk to them. Encourage them. I guarantee you, they'll step up. I know they will. Because you use this. Now remember,
1: if you call him Lord, you can't say what? And if you say no, you can't call him Lord. So then tell them that. And when they walk away, they're going to be really
0: in a twist. They're going to say, wow, I got to really do this. And they'll do it they'll do it. Okay? So with all that said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we just feel
1: like our minds have been bombarded with truth. Lord, I trust your
0: spirit in giving us this message. It was of you, and Lord, we have spoken the oracle of God and not of my flesh. Lord, you know
1: how this message has really burned so deep down in my heart ever since we've been without a pastor. What could I say to your
0: people, Lord, to energize them, to motivate them, to step out, Lord, and say, I love you, Lord, and I want to serve you. Because, Lord, Your word tells us that the bottom line is
1: you want to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we look throughout the Bible, over and over and over again, the only image that we see of Jesus Christ is as a servant.
0: The master, lowering himself down to be a slave, to serve with other slaves,
1: that we may be saved. So Lord, I just pray that this congregation today would take on that attitude of Jesus Christ
0: and become your servant. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.